We're going to have our Bible reading now, and then after that, uh, Peter and Emily going into the fellowship area, uh, and any body who claims to be amongst the children or the youth, I'm going to watch very carefully that some of you don't escape, it shouldn't, uh, will join them, and then Tim will be speaking to us. It's from the book of Titus, you can find it on page 1199. I'm starting Titus chapter 2, starting from verse 11, through to the end of chapter 3. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good, in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Good morning, everyone. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that in your great mercy you'd speak into our lives today. Amen. I'm um, preaching from this passage in Titus. Is there a kind soul who could get me some water? Please, thanks. Just a, just a cup of water, thanks. I, um, Ian had sent me a thing stressing that I had to preach from Titus. <laughs> and I was at the 8 o'clock service this morning and the, the person got up to read and they read the first verse of the passage and then they read the very last verse. <laughs> Nothing in between. <laughs> I had to fill it in, yeah. It's so funny, I've never had that before. What I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you to be. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Cheers, thanks, mate. I want to encourage you to be prophetic signs of hope in your world. To encourage you to be prophetic signs of hope to the world. Your world. Our world. Did you take that online uh, questionnaire survey thing for the architects? (laughs) Hard questions. Who are you? You know that thing, how did you classify yourself? I didn't know what I was. (laughs) And then they asked at some stage, remember they asked, how do do people see St. Juan's? Something like that. Remember that? Yeah? That's quite a hard question. How How does this community see us? And remember then later on there was another question, how do you want the community to see us? Yeah? Remember that? It's such a, those questions were really curious because you're no longer just talking about the church as a, as a building. You're talking about the church as a community, aren't you? Because that's really what people see. They look at the, they look at people. It's people that they're looking at. Yeah? You could have the most glorious church here. It's pretty good already, but you could have you could have it really absolutely glorious. And if we were horrible people, eh? <laughs> the place would be empty. Yeah? If we didn't live this gospel, in spite of all the gloriousness of the place, no one would come. You don't want to go there, they're horrible. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. So, how do people how how do people see us? How do they want us to see us? I know when you look at me, you think I see a man who's something like Joe Wicks and Lean in Fifteen, <laughs> James Bond, or some triathlete. <laughs> ah, I love it. I'm starting down this track because when we come to this letter in Titus, we're getting an insight in how Paul saw the people of Crete. Of all the letters in the New Testament, this should be the one which is really quite special to us. 
Because this is the only letter addressed to an island community. Paul was writing to Titus, who'd stayed behind in Crete, to straighten out and complete the work that obviously he himself had started. I find that interesting because there's no mention in Acts of Paul going to Crete. But you can tell by chapter 1, verse 5, I left you in Crete. So that means he, he went there. Yeah, and he clearly went with Titus and 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 Zenus and Apollos. Yeah, and he and he gives us some insight into what island life was like. Because we read, you, you read in the press, don't you? You read in the press about how people see Jersey. Yeah, yeah. There's some Charlotte. Not in your head. There's some really quite strange, rude things said about Jersey and the finance industry here. Yeah? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of damage which is done to the island. We, we need guys like Jeff Cook to just be putting the, the, putting the story right. And, and so people see us as, they see us as an offshore, you're, you're one of those offshore centers. Yeah? And, and you, you, you're just taking the money from the poor and looking at it, helping the rich to look after the rich. And that sort of stuff is written about us. Yeah? And so people, there's a perception of us. <laughs> when I hand out my business cards and they, they read I'm from St. Wands, there's sort of two reactions. They either smile and they say, I love St. Wands, or else there's a sort of a funny sort of smile in the side of their mouths and they've worked out that where the people from Guernsey learned how to swim. (laughs) How do people see us? So look at how Paul saw the people of Crete. He says this, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. Hey, (laughs) you want to go there on the holiday? Liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. Yeesh. You can see later on he talks about a life of be of hating and being hated. Yeah? The island of Crete, I'm sure I've not been there, but I'm sure it's a lovely island. But the people there were horrible. They were full of passion, malice and evil. Hey? So you're living in your house in Crete. The guy behind you is a horrible neighbor. He's horrible. You got your neighbor on this side. He's horrible. His wife's having an affair with the neighbor on the other side. And then he beats her up quite regularly on a Saturday night. And then you've got two neighbors on the other side of the road. And they're horrible. The whole place was filled with... Hatred. The guy next to you on this side, well, he'd made all his money by screwing people over in the marketplace. And he's horrible. And there you are in the middle. And you're horrible. <laughs> Serious. It was just the culture. It was the way it was. That was the island of Crete. Great place to holiday. (laughs) 
lazy gluttons, liars, evil brutes. And then onto this, this island community, St. Paul arrives with Titus and Apollos and Zenus and presumably two of some, some others as well. And they start going round the island. They go to the different parishes. They go to the different villages. And they preach the gospel. And in these island communities, which were dark, dark places, filled with fear and hatred, the gospel started to come. When we were ministering, Carol and I, in Zimbabwe, one of the things we, we came to the conclusion about was that the, the underlying culture, the pre-Christian culture, that was still around then, because the gospel takes a while to really percolate through and, and, and work as the leaven in society. The society was a society exactly like in Crete, a world of hating and being hated just the way it was. It was just full of fear. <laughs> I can still remember this one Sunday morning. Now, as a minister, when you're giving communion, it's, 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 it's an awesome moment because you're very aware that you're giving a piece of bread to someone, the body of Christ, and you know that God's Spirit's doing something very special in the spirit of that person who's then taking that bread. Yeah? Anyway, so on this one Sunday... There's this guy called Kadungure. He was a ZANU-PF Mugabe supporter, but, a, but quite sort of rabid about it. He was very, very keen on Mr. Mugabe, as we all are. And, <laughs> and, and Jeff Nyarota. Now, Jeff Nyarota was the um, editor of the Daily Mail, uh, which was the only serious opposition daily newspaper in Zimbabwe. And, and Jeff um, used to quite often ask me to come up to his office because he, he was under serious pressure all the time. And eventually the, the government <laughs> dealt with his newspaper not by banning it, but by blowing it up. One Sunday morning, they, they blew up his, his printing press, and that was the end of the, the Daily Mail. But anyway, that's not the story, dear. He asks me to come and pray with him. And when I get there, it was a Tuesday, he said to me, Tim, I've got to tell you about this. No, look, Tim, father, they called me father, 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 I have to tell you about this. And what had happened was he had received a death threat. And, and so there's this joke offered to kill Jeff. And what Jeff did was he was able, because he was on the, the, this this voice offering to kill him was on the phone a little bit. They were able to put a trace on where, where's this phone call coming from? And they traced it back, and whose office had it come from? Kadangure's. Eh? They'd both taken communion together. Just hating and being hated. Yeah? And into this world, the gospel of Jesus started to come. 
And in Crete, the gospel came, and, and where there was hatred, now there was, now it's starting to be different. Yeah? Because you can tell what St. Paul's doing that he's getting them to live the gospel. So wives start loving their husbands. Husbands start loving their wives. Parents start giving time to their children. They start to be different. Whereas before the whole village community was filled with hatred, there's some of these people who have got a smile on their face and they're laughing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's good. The windows are open. They're not fearful all the time of what the neighbors are going to do and what the spirit world would do. They've got a hope. And it's making a difference. There's life, not death. There's love, not hatred. So, St. Paul says, remind the people to be obedient, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to slander no one, to be peaceable, and considerate, humble towards all. In a society marked by malice and greed and envy and hatred, there's this little community of people who are absolutely different. Yes, yes. Their lives are different. There's light now. There's hope. They are living as prophetic signs of hope. Why is it prophetic? Because a prophet points away to Jesus. A prophet points you to the Savior. And the quality of their lives, the depth of their relationship with God and with one another... The transformed nature of their daily walk was so was was to such a marked degree that they became signs of hope, prophetic signs of hope. How have you changed? I met Jesus. How have you changed? Why are you different? Why? I bought this package. What's the package that you bought? What is it that's made a difference? Look at it. It's from verse 4 onwards. You've received, you received kindness and love. The kindness and love of our God and Savior... Jesus Christ. You didn't receive, all you knew, all you knew every day, every day, every, every minute of every day until now was just harshness and horribleness. Yeah? If you were born in that society for a while, you might, it might be all very, very good, but you quickly learned that you could not trust anyone and get even if you can. Learn to hate. 
And suddenly these people who'd only known hatred are knowing kindness. Yeah, they're knowing love. Woo, awesome. He saved us. They had been saved. They had lived in darkness and Jesus had come to them and they turned to Jesus and he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Of course they wanted washing. They needed to be washed. They needed to get all the the corruption washed away. Yeah. And in the waters of baptism, they would have been washed. Because that's what they would have done. And rebirthed by the Spirit. When a child's born, it starts to breathe, the, breathe God's air. When we come to Christ, we, we, we are reborn and we breathe the atmosphere. We breathe the Spirit of God. The Ruach of God. God's spirit comes to live in us. God comes right inside us and we are changed. We are saved. We are set free. And what St. Paul is, 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 is emphasizing there is that God has come and done this for them and they did not deserve it at all. Because none of us deserve what we have received at God's hand. None of us. None of us. None of us. We've received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace just because of the kindness of God, the rich generosity of God. The Spirit poured out ungenerously on us through Jesus Christ, having been justified by faith. We have become heirs of eternal life. Justified means we have been put right with God. And we now are heirs of eternal life. Eternal life is ours. Friends, one of the things is we live in a world of relativism. And the relativism causes us as Christians to to be a bit sort of unsure of the gospel. Yeah? So some of the people who are, that I meet, and some of them you will know yourself, they're Buddhists. And their Buddhism seems to work for them. They, they've got, they practice their yoga, and they, and they talk about the experiences of peace, and, and how it helps them to get centered and to cope. Yeah? And in our world, we've got all sort self-help books, all sorts of stuff out there. And then we, so we then start to get confused about our own gospel. What makes us? What separates us from them? How how are we quantitatively better? Why should people believe this gospel when there's so much else out there which also? works and I believe it's in this 
It's in the hope that we have that comes to us through that that whole package of justification and salvation and, and generous treatment and mercy and God's spirit living in us and then eternal life. Because that's what we offer people. We can say that the past that you've lived can be completely forgiven. That you can go on completely cleansed. And then when you die, you will go to glory. Yes. Yes. It's part of the deal. God's not going to just love you up to the point of death. (laughs) God, if I thought that, would I, I'd give up the gospel. It's eternal life. God saved you for himself eternally. God loves knowing you and communing with you. He does. God loves fellowship with you. With you. With you. He loves to have fellowship. He loves communion. That's what communion's about fellowship. We've been saved into friendship with God. The guy who started the whole thing up and will be there at the end. He's called us. He's made us his own. This gospel is a gospel for us to get excited about. Now, how were they to live as Signs of hope by being careful to do good to all people. Being good through salvation causes us to then live out doing good. We do good. We are signs of hope by the good deeds that we do. Now we live in the island of Jersey. And in Jersey, quite often on Jersey radio, you'll hear of this charity getting money from this guy climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and this guy cycling all the way to some obscure place and raising money. And there's all sorts of people do a lot of good here. There's businesses which, which have got, they do good. They, 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 they have social responsibility. But the Christian friends, you and I, We're called to be qualitatively different. We're called to be good. So we do good at home. Yes. We're kind at home. We sacrifice for our kids. Yes. We sacrifice for our husbands and for our wives. We put ourselves out. We make sure that we don't, we don't insist on our own way all the time. Our goodness, our goodness is tested in the home, in the family. Because if it's real in the family, it'll be real out there. If it's not real in the family, it won't be real out there. Yeah? And then at our places of work, we do good. Yeah? We go that extra bit which no one else will go. We do that little bit more that others won't do. And when we see and have opportunities to do good to others in the Christian church, we make sure, yeah, I'll do that. 
I'll do that. Yeah? Because as you and I are good people and live out that goodness so that others can see it, the world has prophetic signs of hope amongst it. Yeah? Just the way it is. So come, Father. Father, do a work in us, in our day, in our generation. Do a work through us that is so wonderful we wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. And Father, we pray that you do this work in our day. Amen.